We are excited to be continuing our Optimus Creed series about the Optimus Creed, which is an inspiration and motivation statement of value that Optimus clubs around the world use to close their meeting. It is my pleasure at this time to introduce the international president from 2013-2014, Mr. Ron Huxley. Ron, thanks for being on with us today. Oh, I'm enjoying this. this uh, I've been waiting for quite a while to have these uh, uh, sections of our Optimus Creed brought members to who probably don't don't use them as much as we do. And part of the reason we're doing this is we're trying to tell people that they should, if they're an optimist member, that they should live by the creed. But one of the things we like to talk about, Ron, on this podcast is your optimist story. Now, we all started somewhere in this organization. Tell us a little bit about your optimist story and your journey to become international president. Wow. Uh, my optimist club, I'm a charter member of the Asable Port Franks Optimist Club. Uh, we organized in uh, 1983, and uh, I was their third club president. And immediately following being club president, I became the zone's lieutenant governor. And I repeated as a lieutenant governor two years in a row. Um, I've always been of the opinion that uh, I've had my day in the sun and it's time for somebody else to take their opportunity and, and try to do um, better than I. So I've, I've pretty much moved through the organization with that philosophy in life. Uh, when I was governor, I uh, was immediately asked to serve on an international committee. Uh, and over the next 25 years, I've served on various committees, chaired many committees. I think I chaired, chaired 13 committees uh, over my history before I was nominated as president. Uh, but at the same time, I, I uh, never never moved away from my club. I always did what was important to me, and that was working for the kids. Uh, so in, in uh, 2012, I was elected as president-elect uh, and uh, assumed my task as president on, on the October 1st, 2013. Had a wonderful year. Uh, one uh, but I cherish, uh, I'll cherish the day I go to my grave. But uh, to have my daughter now following 10 years later in my footsteps uh, makes me very proud. I get choked up pretty easy over that. And when you were Optimus president, is there something that sticks out in your memory that was the fondest memory or something that really just stands out to you for your year as president? It's not, not just because I was president, but I think when I was governor, I realized the same things, uh, Shane, that, that affected me when I was president. And that is that it doesn't matter where you are, Anywhere in our organization, you have to realize that there are things being done in multiple communities all throughout Optimus International that are affecting the lives of children. And then I think all too often, a lot of members get stuck in their own community. They're in their own little bubble. They don't see the, the uh, diversity of what we have as an organization that deals with kids all over all the time. Now, that's the thing that affected me most. I mean, when I was president, uh, there was a, uh, a young lady in uh, Georgia. This lady has been the district's uh, oratorical chair for a good number of years. And uh, past president, uh, Nick Perlman, shared with me that in her year that I was president, she had over 4,000 students in her club's oratorical contest. 4,000 kids went through the oratorical contest. And it was because of, the, of this, this one lovely lady who had been doing this program. That's pretty much all she did. She was a, she was a school teacher. She had all the connections and she made it happen. We actually talked to Janet on a, a previous podcast. So if you haven't checked out that podcast yet, go check that out because that is quite the program they have down there, like running a small Fortune 500 company. Yeah, it, it's unbelievable. I never met her. I, I tried to get her to come to the uh, international convention in Vegas when uh, I was going out as president, but uh, remarkable stories are like that 
all throughout our organization. Which probably leads to your line of the creed that we talked about earlier, to wear a cheerful countenance at all times and give every living creature your smile. What does that mean for you as being a past international president? Well, um, I, I, I'm not what I would consider well-educated. I finished my high school. I never went on to college or university. Um, I became more of a tradesman and, and always the type of guy that works with my hands. Um, but the one thing that um, I did, uh, some of you may or may not know, but my father influenced me quite dramatically when I was younger. I was I was burned in a fire at the age of 10. And uh, if it had not been for my father, I probably would have been, um, lived a very sheltered life. But my dad had a wonderful sense of humor. And to this day, I carry that same sense of humor and believe it's my responsibility to make people smile, make them laugh, give them a reason to uh, leave their, their disgust of life or their fears in the past uh, behind them and move on to a better future. Um, so if you get to know me, you'll know that I always leave you with a smile. So this is a pretty important stanza of the creed for you, since you actually do live this part of the creed every single day of your life. Yeah, this one's important to me, but they all the stanzas make us the optimists that we are. Some people just recite the creed because everybody else is reciting the creed. It's not until you really embrace it and bring it into your uh, your lifestyle, the person that you are, uh, and the things that it's exposed you to, that you realize uh, that those words are really, really powerful. Ron, will you tell us a little bit about when, like, when you, how you leave people with a smile? What are some of the things that you do to make somebody actually be a part of this line of the creed, if that makes any sense? Well, I, um, I don't remember which um, which comedian it was that, that made this statement, but he said, everybody expects things to go in a certain order. It's when you throw the curveball in that it disrupts them and makes them think. And if you can do that, you can actually make, the, make them smile and laugh. Um, and that, that I think is so very, very true. I feel really that everybody uh, has a, a job to do or, or a function uh, in life to do, and they see a straight line between where they are and where it's going to where it's going to come out. And it never is a straight line. You're always getting pulled sideways. You're always being interrupted. You're always being challenged. And these are the things that uh, you need to be able to handle. Well, if you can handle them uh, with a smile, um, or you can make somebody else handle them with a smile, then you'll get through uh, at the end of the day, uh, knowing that you've been able to accomplish. Um, again, I can refer to something that my father shared with me. And I mentioned this in my opening speech uh, in uh, in Vegas when I was president. Uh, at the age of uh, 11, uh, I was sitting on the floor in the front room of my home, and my father was sitting behind me uh, in his armchair watching television and watching what I was doing. I was playing solitaire with a deck of cards. And when I'd gotten down to the point where I couldn't find a move. I created a move. And my father uh, paused at that point and said, why'd you do that? And I said, why'd I do what? He said, why did you change the cards? I said, because I wasn't winning. And he said, you know, when you cheat at something, you're only cheating yourself. And I'll tell you, that statement has stayed with me all these years. And he's so very, very true. When I see uh, things going on in club meetings, or I see things going on in business uh, or in social activities, you can tell the people who change the cards. Uh, they're only fooling themselves. So we got to be honest with ourselves. We've got to be optimists. We've got to do what it takes to make a change in the life of a child. Well, you know, they say it takes less mus muscles to smile than it does to frown. So it's easier to smile and give a cheerful countenance to every, everybody you meet a smile. So what are some of the things that, uh, you know, moving forward that you're hoping to continue to do or looking forward to doing being an optimist? Well, it's, it's funny. Past presidents get put out to pasture, and that's a very good thing, let me just say. Um, I think that uh, we have to realize that sooner or later, 
We've got to be able to excel those who want to lead, can lead, and we just need to give them the opportunity. And all too often within our club environments or in the international environment, we're asking the same people to come back and do the same job uh, because they've always done it. We're not training a replacement. We're not bringing on somebody to do uh, the job and, and learn how to do it better than what we would. Uh, that in itself is is something that's really important, especially today. Uh, we're having trouble finding people to step up to the plate to be club presidents. We're having people uh, having trouble finding or districts having trouble finding a governor. Uh, we we looked at this problem probably 15 to 20 years ago, and it is still there. You know, everybody said we we were out to lunch, but problems there. Our leadership is dwindling. Our numbers are dwindling. All we need to do is to realize that there are people out there. And this is this is the important part. This is the thing I think I really want to come across and make, make people aware of. Our activities as Optimist members are very much social. And as a result of being a social activity, there are people that you would rather socialize with than those that you don't want to socialize. Those that you want to socialize with are people that are fun to be with. They put a smile on your face. They make the task a lot lighter because you enjoy being in the presence and working with certain individuals. Those individuals are the ones that we're not seeing joining our clubs anymore. They're not being invited. Uh, we find that all too often we're inviting a person because they're good in business or they're, they're uh, a leader in their, their community through their church or a politician and so forth. But these people are, I want to say, academics. They're, they're business-minded, but they're really not, they're really not the type of person that is a drawing card uh, from my point. I'd rather have the person who can make the job a whole lot more fun. You know, and speaking of fun, you mentioned this a little earlier, you know, when we talked about this, but how fun is it to see your daughter following in your footsteps and doing the things that you did and being able to mentor and guide her along her journey as well? Now, let's let's understand one very important thing factor. She got there on her own accord not on my tails. Uh, I have uh, given Tracy the uh, the freedom through the business here to be able to do what she's doing. But typically I've taken a, a real far back seat in the bus. Uh, I watch and if need be, uh, if asked, I give my opinion. But she, uh, this is all on her and she's deserving everything that she's doing. I'm just proud that uh, the Huxley name is, is being brought in to the second generation in our organization. And uh, she's going to do a, a different sort of uh, situation than what I was doing in 2013-14 because I think she's closer to the changes that need to be made uh, in age and her thinking. But you got to know, she's her own person. Oh, absolutely. But it must make you smile to be proud that she's there right alongside you making a difference in the world. Oh, yeah. It really is. Um, and, and, you know, a lot of times uh, we'll be sitting in, at work doing a project and, and perhaps with my half a century of doing the work that we do, uh, I can offer her uh, an idea or a means of being able to sort out a problem. But before we get to that stage, she's already sorted it out with a more modern way of looking at things. Uh, so I'm proud. I'm proud of the changes that she's bringing. I'm proud that she's my daughter, uh, but I'm more proud that at the end of the day, she'd probably be able to make a big difference in where we go uh, in the future with Optimus International. Well, like I was saying, it probably just brings a smile to your face that you're able to work with her and be a optimist with her. So that is spreading that cheerful smile to everyone you meet. You know, we, uh, th that's true. And, and we get this all the time. She asks me a question. I always throw her a curveball. Um, it, it's always something that uh, will make her laugh and make her smile. And uh, she, at the same time, does it in reverse. So we, we have a, a really good working relationship 
but we know when it's time to uh, stop laughing and get down to the serious business. Uh, and if I can be of help, I will be. But I've had my day in the sunshine. It's now time for her. And, you know, like we said when we were talking about the, the stanza of the creed that we're doing, what is something you want our listeners to always shoot for when they're looking for the to smile or something, what is your advice to a future, somebody that's moving up or something, just pass along for everyday reference for somebody to give a, have a cheerful countenance at all times and give every living creature that they meet a smile? Well, the, the, uh, I, I think the, the one thing that we have to realize is that not everybody in our organization is a uh, type of person who goes out and asks a friend, a neighbor, a relative, a person they work with, become a member. We, we, a lot of people don't think about that. Uh, but if they show a, a flicker of interest, be prepared to show them what it's all about. Invite them to become a member. Uh, you know, I can't tell you the number of times that I've looked at an individual and thought, boy, that, that person would make a good optimist, but I never did anything about it. And you always kick yourself in the backside when somebody else does the asking and the person decides they want to join the club. I sponsored my first two members uh, already this month. Uh, and uh, these were people that, to be honest, probably uh, would not have thought to ask them until I told them that we were having a, uh, a get-together on Tuesday night at our Optimist Club and his wife piped up and she said, you know, Scott's been looking for something like that. I said, would you like to come? And uh, he came, he saw the members for who they are, what we do, and uh, called me the next day. He says, uh, Joanne and I would love to be members of your club if you'd have us. I was blown away and uh, we've got two good, wonderful so all it takes is that one shot just to invite somebody and show them what we're all about to at least hopefully put a smile on their face so they do want to join us. Yeah, don't be don't be embarrassed by what we do. Be proud of what we do and carry that smile all the way to the asking. Ron, that sounds like the perfect advice to wrap up with everything. And I can't tell you how much we appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule to share your story and your journey with our listeners. That's part of what we're doing is to bring these stories to light so people can know that there are good things happening in communities all over the world. Appreciate the opportunity to uh, share my beliefs, uh, what's inspired me over the years. And uh, I'd like an opportunity just to leave you with uh, one short um, additive of uh, a smile on your face. And it's about an optimist who uh, decided he wanted to get a new pet. Um, that's a creature that puts a smile on your face. He went to the pet store and he found a sign that said talking centipede. He went to the manager of the store and he says, is that true? He said, go and ask him for yourself. Stuck his head in the atrium and he says, do you talk? And the centipede said, yes, I do. He immediately paid the fee to buy the, head, the centipede in the atrium that it was in, put it on the front seat of his car. As they were driving home, they sang songs to the radio, talked back and forth. He gets home and he says uh, to the, the centipede as he puts the uh, atrium down on the table and he's walking away, he says, Hey, wait a minute. He says, you should meet my friends. He said, would you like to go uh, for a beer? And there was no answer. And the uh, centipede or the, the, the fellow said to the centipede again, he says, would you like to go for a beer? Again, there was no answer. So then he sticks his head in the atrium and he says, hey, would you like to go for a beer? See, the centipede said, I heard you the first time. He says, give me a minute, will you? I'm putting on my shoes. <laughs> That's one, one way to leave people with... Uh... A smile is telling them a good joke. So there's another thing. Always have a good joke on hand. Always have something up your sleeve. Ron, like I said, I really appreciate you taking your time to and to talk to our listeners and just help promote optimism. You're welcome. And uh, all the best to everyone who gets the opportunity to, to view this, this podcast. Please join us in reciting the Optimist Creed with our past international presidents. Promise yourself to be so strong that nothing can disturb your peace of mind. To talk health happiness, and prosperity 
to every person you meet. To make all your friends feel that there is something in them. To look at the sunny side of everything and make your optimism come true. To think only of the best, to work only for the best, and to expect only the best. To be just as enthusiastic about the success of others as you are about your own. To forget the mistakes of the past and press on to the greater achievements of the future. To wear a cheerful countenance at all times and give every living creature you meet a smile. To give so much time to the improvement of yourself that you have no time to criticize others. To be too large for worry, too noble for anger, too strong for fear, and too happy to prevent the presence of trouble. Thank you for listening to this series focused on the Optimist Creed. The Optimist Creed is the official creed of Optimist International adopted in 1922. The creed is something that every member of Optimist International strives to follow. To find out more about the opportunities of Optimist International, Please visit our website, or better yet, find a local Optimist Club in your area to start helping make the world a better place.